0: Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
1: Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, March 4th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And I actually got to see Chris in person for the first time in in what, weeks? I mean, since football season Uh, at least.
2: uh, Yeah, as I say, it's been a long time. been a real
1: long time it certainly has well so we all went to see i say we all uh i went with a friend chris went with a friend we ended up going to the batman the fan premiere whatever it was on tuesday night uh without getting into spoilers and everything else because it technically doesn't open until later on friday you know way after the show uh you know what are your thoughts I, i thought it was pretty good
2: yeah, no, I thought it was real good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it was long. Um, I think they basically tried to make two different 90-minute movies uh, because the story, it, it's basically two completely different stories, um, you know, as, as it goes on a little. But neither here nor there. Uh, I don't have any complaints about that. It was good. I, so, I thought it was really I good. It. I,
1: so I had uh, the, the guy that I was with, uh, his name is Ryan, and, and he said afterwards... You know, not to be a, it, not to be caught up in the moment, but he thought it could be the best Batman movie that has come out,
2: and I, I don't know that I disagree. Yeah. Well, well, I think this. I do think I walked out of there thinking it's definitively the top two with Dark Knight. Like yeah. I, I don't think there's a question there.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree. All right, so, uh, so that'll take us off of Batman. Let's get into some sports talk yeah. <laughs> before we get into any kind of reads, etc. You know, I like to jump into the biggest topics of the day, and we got two of them that are fairly interesting. So we'll go ahead and start off with this first one, college football rule changes. And my goodness, we we have something that I have been talking about for quite some time. I got into a conversation last Friday evening with Dave Bartu. He's uh, at CFB Matrix on Twitter, and we were talking about the need to maybe cut back on the amount of plays, that would certainly appease the, uh, the ACC when it comes to getting this playoff expansion off the ground, etc. And we talked back and forth about the number of plays uh, that you could take out of the game by implementing certain rule changes. Well, this week, the NCAA announced that they are looking into, or the College Football uh, Rules Committee was looking into changing a couple of different things. And Dennis Dodd wrote a really good article about this over at CBS. But uh, the rule changes are looking to limit plays, and, and what they're calling plays now is exposures. So it's not just plays from scrimmage. It is the amount of times that you have a violent collision in a game. They're looking to cut that down in the college game. Uh, so basically it would be shortening the game. Uh, the first rule would be incomplete passes would be treated the same as runs out of bounds. So the clock would start on the ready-to-play signal from the referee as opposed to when the ball is snapped. And the second rule is they would not stop the clock after first downs uh, until you get you know later in the game or possibly not at all. There's a lot of different ways that they could go at this. Uh, give me your thoughts on this. I mean, I, we can look back at, at something that they did back in 2006. I've got some numbers here. But, uh, but give me your thoughts on, on what this would mean for the college game.
2: Oh, I love the game. I love the rules. Um, changes anything to speed the game up to make them not last four, four and a half hours uh, is a good thing. Uh, you know, we spend all day on Saturday watching these football games, and and if you can burn through them a little bit faster, uh, I think it's good for everybody involved. We live in a world of shorter attention spans, and secondly, this is about the player safety. Every time. They have argued player safety, player safety, player safety is always for some other type maybe bull crap that, that they're actually really trying to either do or not do. And this is the first time that they've actually put a rule in where they are trying, they're actually doing something that will affect player safety. Now, with that being said, once this happens, all the complaints now, now, that now the, the argument for why um, they can't expand the playoffs. Is going to be finals and school testing and all this other stuff because, uh, player safety goes way out the window because you're going to, we, you and I talked about this on the show not too long ago. The, the difference in play is going to equal full game, full game. Yes. For these teams. And therefore adding a game or two at the back end for only one or two teams is not going to change anything at all. So
1: now you have your justification. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big change. It's a big change. Uh, looking at some of the numbers, uh, what I was going back and forth with Dave about was uh, the amount of... So we talked initially. Uh, he started off by talking to Josh Pate and Paul Feinbaum about the amount of injuries that P5 teams have compared to... G5 teams, right? So he started with uh, the P5 starts, lost to injury, uh, due to size and speed, are over three times that of teams that are in the G5. It is it is a different game when you have the level of athlete that these G5 teams do, right? So when I brought up, uh, just looking at the national championship game, Alabama had two wide receivers that went out, three of the top four running backs were out, top three quarterbacks, a uh, couple of linebackers, several linemen on offense and defense, uh, the injury rate across P5 conferences is insanely linear, right? So uh, he started doing all this research, et cetera. If you cut down the plays, it creates closer games, creates a greater emphasis on coaching and scheme. Uh, for testing, the clock doesn't stop rules, basically making it similar to the NFL, Here's what the numbers would be. Okay, it would actually take the game from about three and a half hours on average to about three hours. In twenty twenty one, the average NFL offensive plays was sixty three point two eight. In college football, it was seventy point six two. So just round numbers, if you drop fourteen to fifteen plays from a game in college football, uh, over a twelve game season, that's eighty-eight plays. That is more than a full game. Exactly what you just yeah, talked more
2: about. That's what i Right. More so, than a full game.
1: And if you look at even more of that, you start diving into what it means as far as points, you look at points per play average, etc., you're looking at cutting games by about 5.65 points per game, which gives you closer scores, more upsets, etc. I We've talked about this forever. The way that teams in the past, uh, the, the smaller teams, were able to pull upsets was when the the bigger team, the more talented, more athletic team, did not run as many plays as the other team. It does, if the other guys don't have as many chances, they're not going to get to show how much better they are over the course of a full game. And
2: well, that's I, it. So look, hang on. Let's take thirty minutes off of. Let's take thirty minutes off of the game, okay? Yeah. Of time, not of clock, but of time, right? Right. Alabama loses to LSU. Alabama loses to Auburn. Yeah. And maybe Arkansas.
1: I mean, maybe may Arkansas. Of that's
2: right. Now, I don't remember. I don't remember where that game was. But it took every inch of every second for them to come back and beat Auburn. It took them a whole lot of the fourth quarter to come back and overcome LSU. Like when these teams that are not as good as you somehow because you sleepwalk through, you don't prepare, whatever the reason, a, a, a little guy, an underdog, um, gets up on you. All right. And they take a lead. The the longer the game goes, the worse it is for the underdog. Because the, the team that's gotten gotten caught up on the big boy in the bunch is the favorite. They're supposed to win. Yes. And then why are they supposed to win? Because they're more talented. Well, if if you get down fast, that's fine. But if you got a lot of time to catch up and then to overcome the lead. It, it, it's just the better team always wins and the longer the game goes. It, yes. it, it's just always the way it is, um, you know, and, and, and this, this will change college football. Think about how many times Ohio State got caught and in trouble that Clemson got caught over the last decade. Like these power teams were in trouble in games, and they came back and they found a way to win. And And that's all great. I think a lot of those wins are now going to become losses. I think the idea of going twelve and zero or eleven and one just ain't going to happen very much.
1: I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to it's agree. It's going to
2: become even more rare.
1: So, and I will tell you this: there are some coaches for these smaller teams that may not welcome this as much. Right, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest has averaged over eighty plays a game for uh, multiple seasons in a row. You know, there's, there are guys that like to coach that way. Now, you can still play tempo doing this. You just won't have as many plays, right? They're, no, I, I don't, don't
2: think that's going to affect guys like Dave Austin at all.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Uh, so they did do something like this back in 2006, right? Uh, in February of 06, the NCAA Football Rules Committee recommended what seemed like two minor changes. Uh, beginning that season, the clock would start when the toe met leather on kickoffs instead of when the opposing team touched it. And the clock would start with the ready-for-play signal from the referee, not when the ball is snapped after a change of possession. Those seem like very small things. Um, But they got a whole lot less football in those spots. Uh, It was so radical that those two rule changes only lasted that one 2006 season. Here are the numbers. Total plays declined by more than 13 per game on average. The drop in average yards per team was 33. That was the biggest drop since 1954. The scoring average per team was 24.1 points per game. It still remains the lowest in the last 31 years. So it is unprecedented changes. But in 2006, I don't know that we were that worried about the player safety stuff, right? Right now, we are looking at expanding playoffs making players play more games, et cetera, even if you did have a decline in plays in yards per game, in points per game, et cetera, I don't know that that is that big of a cost compared to the idea of playing more football, or at least more games. I I think this is great. I think this is what we should have been doing a long time ago. You tend to agree? Well, yes,
2: I agree completely. This is the way the game's supposed to be played, and, and, and it speeds it up. It's gonna it's gonna help with a lot of things, and and I, I I love this rule change. I'm glad college football is seeing the light. I I, I just don't want to hear when they start making the arguments for why they don't want to expand the playoffs. All right, we you've given us you've given us your argument. We just we just cut one of those legs out from under you. You don't get to use that anymore. We yes. fix that problem.
1: Now it won't change anything as far as the uh, commercials during a football game. <laughs> uh, networks run on average 64 30second commercials during a ball game that's about 32 minutes worth of advertisement. Uh, there's a way that you can you know that you can fix this. You can do uh, the live in-game ad like while a, while a play is going on, you can run an ad next to it, all that kind of stuff that they're already doing for NASCAR, soccer, baseball, whatever. Right, they're doing they're the doing NFL this. With does it. Yeah, the NFL does a, a lot of it, so that you don't miss any of the action. I think that's uh, that's the biggest thing. But obviously, we will see what ends up happening with that. Let's uh, let's talk about the NFL Combine, right? Right, quick. Uh, here we go. Kenny Pickett's hand size became a major topic of conversation on Thursday. Uh, his hand size is eight and a half inches, and while That may not seem like it's that big of a deal. Uh, It is smaller than any current NFL quarterback. The average hand size, and I've actually got the numbers here, Chris. The actual uh, average hand size for NFL quarterbacks from 2008 until 2020 was 9.7 inches. The biggest was Mark Sanchez back in 2009. His was 10.5 inches. The smallest, three different guys tied for it. It was Jared Goff. Ryan Tannehill and Joe Burrow all had nine inch hand sizes. Uh, the other guys in this class, along with Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, nine and five 8 inches, Malik Willis, nine and a half, Sam Howell, nine and a half, uh, let's see, Desmond Ritter, ten inches, Carson Strong, nine and one fourth inches, Bailey Zapp is nine and three fourths inches. I, do you think that this makes any difference in the world? Like, this kid is double-jointed. He already throws it kind of kind of weird anyway. Uh, if he's good, if he can read the field,
2: then he should be all right, right? Well, I, I would just ask people to go back and listen to our conversation this time last year when everyone said all these exact same things about Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow had enough uh, self-indulgence to be able to, you know, send out a tweet joking, or not, maybe not last year, two years ago, about, okay, well, I, I'm thinking about announcing my retirement now since I have a small <laughs> hand and people think that I can't play football because of this. And, uh, and, and so, you know, this is, this is dumb. This is, this yes. is just dumb. I want to know, can the kids play? All right. I do know that the football in the NFL is different than the football in college, but at some point in time, I, I just don't care. I want to know, can he play? Can he hold the football? Yes. Can he throw it? Sure. We're going to watch him do those things. He's going to be capable. He's going to be fine. Do I think he's going to be next Joe Montana? No. Do I think that has anything to do with his hand side? No, not at all.
1: I don't think so either. Uh, do you think it could cost him when it comes to the NFL draft, though?
2: No. I don't think the NFL cares about any of this stuff at all. I think this is all
1: made for TV. It's it's a little strange, isn't it, that uh, that we are still doing this whole thing. I, I know that there was only one wide receiver that announced that he was going to bench press at the Combine today. All of the other wide receivers said, "Mm, nah, I'm out. Uh, And it's because everybody's getting more uh, intelligent when it comes to sports science. You know, this is something, uh, by benching on the same day that you're running routes and all that, that can actually hurt your performance and other things. So uh, all of them said, nah, we're good. Like, y'all already see what I can bench at uh, whatever
2: school, etc., like, do we even need the combine anymore? No. No, the combine the combine was started years ago when guys didn't have the money to, to, to do these things. And NFL teams were little old teams that were, you know, still riding around in buses and things like that. So they all got together in one place. This is an antiquated thing. Um, I, I'm not saying we don't – I don't think we need it. Are we going to have it? I mean, we have lots of things that we don't need. Um, you know, is it good for TV – Here's what I think it's good for. I think it's good for kids that are not that are that are on the bubble. Yes. I think it's good for those kids that don't know if they're gonna get drafted or not, because then it gives them an opportunity to showcase what they can do. Um, but for those who, who know they're gonna be drafted, there's just no purpose in them even being here. Yeah. Outside of the medicals and the interviews, that's what it's important for. It is important for those two things. I believe that.
1: I mean, we've seen a huge drop-off from people that are or from the players that are deciding to run, the players that are deciding to weigh in, et cetera. A lot of them are really only coming for medicals and interviews, and I think yep. it, it'll continue. So the guys that you're going to see that are actually running drills uh, are not going to be the stars of the sport, the guys that will be first-rounders. Uh, it'll be guys that uh, might be, you know, if you're, a, if you're a tweener, if you might be first-round, but you're kind of predicted to be second-round, Maybe there's value in running these, but it could also cost you that first-round spot, right? Yeah,
2: just a just lower-tier guy.
1: Yes. So Yes, you're 100% right. Uh, let's almost, this oh, thing ahead. used
2: to be a thing where head coaches came religiously, right? Oh, yeah. And now almost no head coach is going to be there at all. None of them go anymore.
1: No, because they have their own interviews with, with players whenever they want. They schedule it. They yeah. fly the guy up, or they fly to wherever he is and they will do, oh, it, we just on their do it on choices. Zoom
2: now. They, they, they spent a the year doing that, and now they know how to do that. <laughs> and so now, why waste time?
1: No, you're 100% right. 100% right. All right, let's do this podcast read right quick. Uh, go check out the website, winningcureseverything.com. Make sure that you are subscribed everywhere you need to be subscribed, whether it's on the podcast, and that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, but whatever. Whatever your podcast app is, go over there, leave a nice five-star review for us. We would certainly appreciate that. And... Make sure that you are signed up and, uh, no, sorry, what's the word? Uh, subscribed over at YouTube. That's the, the best way to get us so that you can see our beautiful smiling faces and, uh, and see us actually talking to you. If you are subscribed on YouTube, go ahead and like the video for us. Make sure that you jump into the chat as well or the comments or whatever. We like to interact with you guys, so make sure that you dive in over there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Gary WCE. Chris is at Chris B. Giannini. And the show is at Winning Cures. Uh, along with that, you can catch me on BetUS TV or the BetUS College Football Show. Uh, you can find both of those very easily, TV.com. All right. Uh, moving on from there, the NFL, which we were just talking about, the NFL has said that they are done with COVID protocols. The NFL PA and the NFL have both agreed that. Going into this next season, they are uh, done. There's going to be no protocols. The, th- this thing has declined enough that they all feel comfortable enough that they're not worried about this anymore. Uh, do you, uh, Here's my question. One, is there any doubt in your mind that they were done with this shit before the
2: playoffs? Oh, not at all. Not at all, yeah. They're... They- they were done with it last year in the playoffs, too, by the way. Yeah, that's what like, I was... Uh, yeah. As soon as games actually started to matter, where they could not have any wiggle room at all from getting away from it, they they quit doing it. So, <laughs> this year, going forward... But I think the whole rest of the country is. I mean, we just saw the State of the Union address, and President Biden said the same thing. Time to open up. It's time to get back to normal. I want to see normal. I want to see 2019 life next yes. year, this year, right now.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. I, this was not a surprise to me. Uh, I guess the surprise was that they just went ahead and announced it, you know, beginning of March, while the NFL Combine's going on and all that. So, I, you know, it is a strange, especially the fact that we did have a near boycott of the Combine over these stupid COVID protocols, and now uh, we're, just, we're just done. Like, there's nothing else that we're going to be looking at going into next season. I... I, that's the only thing that I found interesting, was that you know we, it was just, what, two weeks ago that we nearly had a boycott over these COVID policies, and now we just aren't going to have any. It's like how quickly things change in, a, in just a matter of weeks, you know. Um, moving on from there, let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk some college football. Uh, we got a few things to do with realignment, so we will start off with this one. The American Athletic Conference has stated that if Houston and Cincinnati and UCF want to leave for the big twelve before the twenty twenty three season, they are going to owe the AAC thirty five million dollars on top of the ten dollar or ten million dollar fee that they would have to pay if they were to leave after the twenty twenty four season so I'm curious your thoughts on this. Uh, the AAC did a fantastic job when they set up all of their grants of rights back when realignment was going on a few years ago. I give me, give me your thoughts here. Do you think that Houston is the one that has really expressed interest in leaving early? BYU will be there in time for the 2023 season. Do you think that Houston wants to be out of the AAC bad enough that Fertitta is going to pay them the money.
2: Uh, I think I think Houston's got deep enough pockets to do that. I think there's a lot of football money in Houston, oh, um, yes. so that would not surprise me at all. Um, and and that wouldn't bother me. Is is Cincinnati and UCF going to stay?
1: I, apparently so. Apparently so. It says Tell uh, me. He, here's here's the beginning of the article. It says. Uh, The American Athletic Conference has asked the University of Houston, Central Florida, and Cincinnati to each pay an additional 35 million dollars to leave early for the Big 12. A person with knowledge of the discussions told the Houston Chronicle, "The additional amount is on top of the 10 million dollar exit fee, meaning the three schools would each be on the hook for 45 million dollars if they exit in 2023. Uh, They're contractually."
2: Cincinnati, that seems like a lot of money. Okay, like the University of Memphis ain't got those kind of funds. All right. Cincinnati. I assume is very similar to Memphis. We they they don't have this kind of pocket. UCF. I could see them coming up with the money, uh, but um, Houston. Yeah, this. I feel like this is not going to be a big deal if they want to do it.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Uh, it said that they all accepted invitations to join the Big 12 last September, but they are contractually required to remain in the AAC through 2024. Now you can pay the $10 million fee to get out of it once you get into 2024. The issue is going to be uh, if you want to leave a year early, you're going to have to pay $35 million. It, this might make more sense for Houston because yeah. Houston really wants to get back in where they get to play Texas, Oklahoma Texas and school. Texas. and Yeah, all those Texas Well, schools.
2: I don't even think it's Oklahoma and Texas. Well, it is Oklahoma and Texas, which they would get because those teams are the same. We're talking about that for a little bit. Yep. But this is, this is not just Oklahoma Texas. This is, they, they can make that $30 million up in maybe not them as a school, but them as the surrounding area boosters and, and ticket sales. Now you're starting to play teams like DCU, Texas Tech, Baylor, all these schools that are in your state that you can make some money on. Oh, and, you, uh, you would, and I think that's, yes. a, I think that's a big deal.
1: Uh, you would make it in in ticket sales no problem no problem first year
2: well not just ticket well not just ticket sales i mean think about all the things that go into a football game being in your town
1: oh yeah oh i know i mean it, it would you be know? bananas so yeah no i think it's i think it's great i think it's uh, it, for houston it makes i mean sense. that whole that
2: whole midtown and downtown area is just Memphis. you talking little memphis all right <laughs> it, it's popping popping during Uh, Tiger football game, okay? Yeah. But when Tennessee comes to town, or Ole Miss or uh, Mississippi State comes in, now you're talking, everybody gets fed. Yes. Everybody makes record cash that weekend. And that's a big, big deal. And it's so much bigger than money just going to the school. It's so much bigger than that.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, 100%. Uh, It's... This is going to be interesting. Uh, the BYU is joining the Big 12 in 2023. So well, yeah, after why, would this they, season, why would
2: they not join? They don't have a conference to leave. They can, yeah. go, they can do whatever the hell they want. This is going to save them work because they got to work a schedule every year. Exactly. And now they don't have to work a damn schedule.
1: You got that right. So, uh, BYU is going to go on to join 2023 if... Houston wants to come over with them. It's going to cost them. Uh, but I would imagine that UCF and Cincinnati are going to wait. So let me
2: ask you this. Okay. Do we know, let's say Houston comes, let's say BYU comes, Texas, Oklahoma are still there. Now they're going to have 12 teams. They're going to go from 10 to 12. Are they going to play everybody like they do now? Are they going to split into divisions for the 12? I mean, they would
1: have to do divisions. I would imagine that they – let me, let me take that back. Uh, they may just do – not a round robin, but maybe like a pod format of some sort. I doubt that they do divisions, um, but maybe they maybe they go ahead and do divisions because well, they were already have talking to have about
2: divisions that. once the other two get there anyway, right?
1: Yeah, they they've been talking about that. So if they do that, so I
2: guess I guess what you do is you just put Texas and Oklahoma, and basically those are placeholders for UCF and and uh, and 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 since then,
1: yeah, yeah, I think that's the the right way of looking at it. Let's, uh, you know let's talk about them right quick. So, it, multiple articles came out, but the, the lead one was Chip Brown um, over at Horns247. And it is unlikely that Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave the Big 12 before 2024, which we all thought that Oklahoma and Texas would uh, go ahead and leave after this 2022 season. Right, All the TV stuff was kind of starting to align itself. Uh, ESPN talking about buying out CBS, uh, or at least their SEC Game of the Week rights. Well, here's the deal. Um, They have both publicly stated that they plan to join the SEC when the Big 12's current television rights agreement expires in July of 2025. However, uh, Chip Brown notes the teams will have to pay the $80 million dollar Uh, exit fees, regardless of if they leave in 2023 or in 2025, as the members of the league agreed to a 99-year grant of media rights in 2012. So the sources are telling Horns247 Sports uh, this week that Oklahoma is not as financially flexible as Texas. When it comes to having to pay that $80 million in exit fees, uh, it says money won't have any influence on when Texas decides to leave. But Texas and Oklahoma are going to make that move together, so it probably won't happen until 2024. Uh, Basically, Oklahoma is going to need until 2024 to figure out the financing of its exit. Uh, This thing doesn't drop. It's going to be a huge payout. Uh, Are you surprised at all that Oklahoma is the one, you know, kind of holding this up?
2: Um. It, it's weird to me that they don't have the money to leave, but that they are leaving for money. Like that's strange. That's a, that's a weird thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't know. That's like it's like getting a job. It's like like if I became you know congressman for the like the state of Mississippi, right? But like I only make like forty grand a year, and so now I've got the congressman's salary. I, that's not enough money for me to like basically live here and, and live in DC to like go back and forth to do my job. And so <laughs> I don't have enough money to do the job that I was awarded.
1: Yes. Yes. It it becomes a, a huge thing. It's what's well, a good analogy? Something like uh, like starting your own business but you don't have any savings to go and start the business. So like you go ahead and leave your job but you're not like you don't you don't have anything set up yet? So it's like, all right, well, yeah. how do we do
2: this? Right? I've been there. I've been there. That's, that's Listen, you can find ways around this thing. Well, yeah. But this is just strange. This is just strange that they would do this. I would think that, like, is there no like loan? Like, nobody. Here's the thing. Let's, all the SEC schools got money, right? Like, somebody passed the plate. Let's get a loan up. Let's 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 put like a six percent interest rate on it for Oklahoma, okay? And it's. And then let let them come on over. I it's, think there's a little bit of I think there's a little bit of uh tongue in cheek here. I wonder if they don't leave until 2024, and you see, no, because that money's not going to go to UCF. That's the thing.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. It won't go to UCF. The the money will will change. Only go the to 12. the
2: only go to the Big Twelve teams that are there now. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to figure out. Like, I don't understand this, and I, I I'm shocked that there's nobody that they can borrow the money from. Yeah, it's
1: it. I mean, obviously,
2: like we can't they're... get a 20 year note on that 80 million dollars.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they will figure out something. Uh, but
2: listen, the boys down in Auburn got 80 million dollars floating around. Okay, yeah, it's, it's walking around money. They they right? firing coaches oh, all the time. Three, <laughs> they got three coaches on that. So <laughs> so listen, listen, look, get them a note. Six percent. Look, I think I we'll would do. We'll do half a percent closing fees. We'll do six percent on the on the on the vig, and and you can come on over.
1: That seems like the the smart idea. I don't think the SEC would be willing to uh, to help out with that because uh, their TV contract isn't going to change for a few years anyway. So, they're well, I'm, not, like, All I'm
2: right. not asking to pay it for them, but I'm asking to pay it and then them pay us back. We don't garnish your wages. Listen, we're (laughs) the ones that cut you the money from the TV money, okay? TV money goes to the SEC. It goes through that dishwashing cycle. And then it gets spit out to the the 14 or 16 teams, right? Well, we're just going to hold back our piece every month until we're paid off. It's not that hard of a problem.
1: Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. We're going to
2: keep your bowl money for the first five years you're here and the $80 million will add up. There you go.
1: Finally finished. I like it. Yeah, that, uh, this
2: is not a hard problem to solve. It's it's shocking to me that these people, these people run the the biggest, most powerful institutions in education <laughs> in our country, and they're really bad problem solvers. Yeah, like really, really bad at this.
1: Always have been.
2: If it costs me eighty to leave today or eighty to leave three years from now, my ass is on the first thing smoking today with two middle fingers in the air at you. Yes, yes,
1: that's what I'm saying. So, I don't, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Uh, but apparently, you know, Oklahoma is still trying to figure it out, and we'll see what goes from there. Uh, another note in that report is there's a lot of details still left to be worked out between ABC, ESPN, and Texas over the remaining years of the Longhorn Network, which technically runs through 2031. Uh, it says Texas has been paid $115.5 million. From the Longhorn Network agreement so far,
2: it's a lot of money. Well, that thing was that thing was a complete just disaster rip job for yeah for ESPN. Like ESPN did a couple of real good things for you know during that time where they made a lot of money. They they made a couple of real bad bets too.
1: Well, it, it, my God, that uh, that whole thing is what led to Texas A and M joining the SEC in the first place.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, you know they they well, maybe it was a,
2: maybe it was a long play. Maybe it was a listen. This is one of those you lose the <laughs> you lose the poker hand early. Make them think you're a dummy, and, and then you get it on the back end. <laughs> you,
1: you might be right about that. You might be right because the 115 million that they've made uh, from this Longhorn Network, uh, I mean, they're likely going to make near that just in the first few years of their agreement with the SEC.
2: Getting A so, and M to go to ESPN or go to the SEC bolstered the SEC, gave juice to the SEC that the SEC hadn't had in a long time, and it gave him a foothold, a stronghold in to Texas. And then you later get Texas back. Oh man! Oh, yeah. oh man! Yeah. Now this is this is full sharking one hundred and one. This is I lost every game ten dollars a ball. Now we are playing five hundred <laughs> a ball. I'm about to roll the table, your man.
1: I like it. I like it. All right, I got uh, two other topics that I want to hit on. Um, are Bryles, which we've talked about multiple times already. Um, but the news broke, you know, around the time that we did the show earlier in the week.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> which is insane. Uh, Bryles has announced that he is resigning from Grambling. And I don't know that that is super surprising. Uh, there's just so much media backlash, which is, we kind of talked about that on the last show. It was like, why? Why does everybody care so much? You know, I I get it. I understand what happened uh, under his watch. But also, I mean, what are we doing? Like, this guy's a football coach. Let him coach football. Regardless of that, the other thing that came out of this was the Hugh Jackson Foundation. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. (laughs)
2: Oh, Hugh. Oh, Hugh. What?
1: So, how how about this? Uh, Over, under... One and a half seasons that Hugh Jackson is the coach at Grambling. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think he even makes it to September?
2: Yeah, probably. I don't know. Look at that. I don't know. Right? I'm not going to speak to those things. I think that has to have firing for calls. I believe because some of these used, don't have the deep pocket, and uh, I don't know how how much he would fight. So it's
1: it's amazing. Like. The person that I thought would bring in Art Briles would be somebody that is uh, really well-established wherever they are already, right? Somebody that is not going to have to deal with this mess and whatnot. But if you are hiring a guy that the school won't even let you put out a press release on, on their account, right? They won't even put it out for you. This is why you have communications directors, like this is this kind of stuff is what you what you have all these people at these universities for, and if you don't have those guys, well, uh, this is what ends up happening, right? And I don't know if Grambling does or does not, but to send his uh, what's the what's the right term to send out his response or not response he, he was he was protecting his hire, right? To send that out on a company letterhead that had the Hugh Jackson Foundation, which I didn't Did you even know that that was a thing?
2: Well, no, but I'm certain all these rich guys have foundations. Oh, like, yeah.
1: I mean, it's so yeah. good.
2: Did I know the Hugh Jackson Foundation specifically was a thing? No. Did I assume that Hugh Jackson, who's made millions and millions of dollars, would have a foundation in his name? Absolutely. Uh,
1: it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, the, the news that came out, uh, ESPN reporter kind of dug into it because... All of these nonprofits have to release their tax information, right? So, right. they they brought in what one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or somewhere around there. They paid out so like, like one
2: hundred forty-six thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, all right. So at one hundred forty-six thousand, they paid out a hundred and what twenty thousand of it to one nope, employee. Nope, nope,
2: nope. It was like one hundred forty thousand. Like six thousand dollars went to the to the charity. So they paid like yeah. eight grand for, you know. For some, for some turkeys for, for Thanksgiving for for like a small community,
1: <laughs> which is insane. They brought in hundred and fifty something thousand dollars.
2: When Hugh Jackson's got a foundation that doesn't match what you and I probably donate a year.
1: <laughs> and we're just two bugs, man. Yes, we're two bugs. it is insane. It is. It's really insane to think about. It's like, why why would you even put this? And of He's course, he got a
2: foundation, baby.
1: Oh, and and the girl that runs the uh, the foundation, the one that uh, got the paychecks and whatnot, she's the one that came out and said the uh, the out loud stuff that you're not supposed to say, right? It's it, and I can't even remember what all it was, but my gosh, uh, just why why even let this become a thing? Like it's
2: it's not well, that it, anything it, you know, is illegal this here. Is one of, this is also one of those things where an attorney did not write this either. Oh, a hundred percent. They didn't. They didn't use any, 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 any of the things that that I would use. And we talked about how I would hire our brows in a heartbeat if I had an empty job up yeah. Um, to defend the hire, they didn't use any of it. They used a bunch of cliche speech that nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants to hear. I would have laid out some facts. I would have lulled them to sleep with that, and then I'd slam my hand down and say, "This is what we're doing." Damn it. <laughs> get in line or get the hell out of your way.
1: It was, it was a poorly written statement. It was just awful. you know. Like, and then, of course, after that, I think – so now I'm trying to figure out because Browse is the one that actually resigned because of all the pressure.
2: Yeah, Browse resigned.
1: Do you think that he decided, you know what, if I'm going to get back involved, it doesn't need to be with somebody that's going to put out that statement because yep. that didn't defend him at all.
2: I would like to, I would like to talk to him. I would like to know one on one, like personally. Are you like because you know the the smoke is going to come no matter where you go. So if this much disruption bothers you so bad, you're out of coaching forever. Like you're done. Yes. Or or did you just realize in order for you to be successful and ever have a comeback story? You have, to have, you have to be able to hit your wagon to somebody who is completely flawless.
1: Yeah, that's,
2: that's what I would like to know as well. Um, like, you, I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, just clean as a whistle, no skeletons, no garbage, the most trusted person alive, like Pat Fitzgerald kind of man. It, by the way, I know our Northwestern friends would hate that, and then they would love it the first saturday of football. Oh, yeah. You are dropping 60 on somebody for the
1: first time in your life. <laughs> well, we'll say I'd this, there there is a risk. All over the place. Right, there is a risk with bringing him in and it's not so much all the other stuff. It is uh it's not the off-field stuff. It is his offense has been replicated over and over and over. Like uh, people know that offense at this point. Uh now I do think he's probably still got some some more ammo in the barrel here, but I, who knows, right? Who knows if, because we kind of thought that with Chip Kelly, right? We thought Chip Kelly going to UCLA
2: would be big. and we, we've, we've, we've talked about this in the past, Gary. There's a difference between architects and copycats. That's true. Okay. All right. that There's a the difference between the student and the master. Yeah. Okay. This guy's the architect of that offense, and while other people know it they ain't, they ain't seen what he can do. And I trust, I, know, I think he's got a football mind that can figure out the counters to his counters. I, I just do. i watched him do it. And I'm talking, I watched him do it at little old Baylor where nobody thought they had a chance to, to win at Baylor.
1: True. Ever. True. With and the he is. That they had there. Yeah, they, they totally revitalized that program. Uh, it took it to heights that they have never hit at Baylor. And, and they're still doing it now. I mean, we're talking three right. straight coaches have won Big Twelve. Time. Well, so Dave Aranda Completed, won one, but Completed Matt Rule didn't.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, but but they all listen. All three of them took that program to another level, and to another level, and to another level. So he he started something that is still sustained today.
1: Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You brought up architects, by the way. Uh, this it popped into my head. Uh, Matt Mummy. Uh, Hal Mummy son, who is the offensive coordinator at Colorado State now, uh, he followed me on Twitter last night. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how in the world he even knows who I am. So I'll have to uh, I'll have to reach out to him. I'd like to get him on the show he's sometime.
2: A basketball fan, man, he's trying to win some bets.
1: That must be what it is. I guess <laughs> getting ready for March Madness. But good gracious, I saw that pop up last night. I said, "Man, did we talk about Matt or uh, or How Mummy at all?" I don't guess so. So <laughs> who knows? But, uh, but yeah, so it, I, I'm, I'm curious what actually happened here. I would imagine that we will hear more from this Art Briles story as to why he actually decided to resign if it was because of Hugh Jackson. I bet we don't. You don't think so? I bet we
2: don't hear anything about it. And Unless he, he gets picked up by somebody else, I bet we don't hear anything about it. Because what happened the last time he tried to get a job? He just became a ghost. He goes away, and he waits for somebody to call his phone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now he uh he went and coached a uh, high school ball for just a little bit and then he resigned from that as well and uh we'll see. I mean he's he's getting on up there as far as age goes, so you know, he's he's well into his sixties, if I'm not mistaken.
2: And look, I understand the scares of people not wanting him to be the face of a program. Not wanting him to be the head man of the program. I get that. I didn't say hire him for a head coach. As far. I said I'd hire him as an OC though. Oh and yeah. I tell you this. That, that, that The list is real short of the offensive play callers that are wearing the OC title right now across the country in college football that are better than him.
1: Yes. Uh, he is 66, by the way. He'll turn 67. Yeah, no, seven. No,
2: no, no. 66-year-old man with a dyed blonde skull. <laughs> I don't know what the hell to do with that. I, I will tell you this. If I was going to hire him, I've I've never been this guy. Look, looks are deceiving people. Judge me based on the way I look my entire life. You're fat, you're goofy. Nobody respects me. I'm bald-headed, and I got a fat-ass beard covered up my face. Like, look, I understand it. I'm just going to tell it. Listen, we got a shape. We're we going we to get a damn haircut. We're going to get that shit out your hair, and we're going to get on the sidelines. We're going to look like a damn professional. That's all I care about.
1: Yeah. Just go back to looking like you looked uh, when you were the head coach.
2: Okay, look, I'm bald. Listen. Bald ball is beautiful. Jordan Jordan made ball cool a long long time ago, baby. Yes, he did. Just
1: shave it off. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's wrap up with this one. The Sun Belt Conference announced their college football schedule for this fall, and it included Southern Miss, Marshall, and Old Dominion along with James Madison, but that's not who we're talking about right now because we are talking about the three schools that currently have lawsuits against Conference USA, and Conference USA has lawsuits against them as far as them leaving and not, etc. cetera. I honestly thought that the Sun Belt would not release their conference schedule until some of this stuff was resolved, right? And it could be a long while before it gets resolved, but I figured eh, beginning of summer, like not right before spring practice, right? Uh, we're recording this on March 3rd. We have our first spring game of the season tonight. Uh, this is Thursday night, so if, if you're listening on mo- uh, Friday morning, then Coastal Carolina had their spring game on Thursday night. I, I'm i curious your thoughts why the Sun Belt would even get involved with this because now the Sun Belt is opening themselves up to a lawsuit from Conference USA, and this is going to get even more ugly. Uh, Sam, our buddy from the Westline Pirates, and when I shared this stuff out the other day, he said, as Andrew Brandt would say, there will be loggers. And there's 100% going to be more loggers. I would imagine we'll see something next week from Conference USA regarding the schedule announcement, etc. Uh, this is, if the Sun Belt is now getting involved in this, uh, that makes them uh, an accessory to this. And I don't know why you would even put yourself in that position if you are at the conference. Uh, what, what are your thoughts here?
2: Uh, I would do it. I would absolutely do it. But, but, because if you don't put them out there, if you put your schedule out without them out there, you've conceded. Because Conference USA put their schedule out with them on there. No, 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 no. They're on my schedule. They're on your schedule. Whose schedule are people going to believe? That's, this is it. This is the court of public opinion you're going after right now. Because if you can get the majority of the country to start buying into the propaganda that they belong to you, and not them, then baby, this is what's going to sway too many people, and and now Conference USA is going to be screwed now. I would put out a blitz media campaign saying they're one of us now. This is where, where this is this is what because nobody nobody in the country knows who's in the Sun Belt outside of Hard college Law fan. True, nobody knows who's in Conference USA. So if you just say it enough, loud enough for everybody to hear, they will. Everybody be like, what? Why is Conference USA so mad? What, what what claim do they have? These schools don't want to be there. They're not there because most people just found out about this five minutes ago. Oh yeah, I'm telling you, I would absolutely because Conference USA kept them on their schedule. So if you put your schedule out without them on there, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, you you lose this battle.
1: Yeah, this is it's going to be very interesting to see exactly what ends up happening here. Because, you know, there will be a bunch of lawsuits and whatnot, but we are not talking about a ton of money. This is not Texas leaving to join the SEC. We're not talking $80 million. The TV contracts for these uh, the Conference USA teams and the Sunbelt teams are, at, at best, $500,000 a year. I mean, we are not yep. talking a ton of money. And I'm just, one, I'm a little shocked at Conference USA for fighting this so hard, but I understand, you know, you and I both men of principle, I believe. I can understand wanting somebody to hold to their contract, but also, like, you got to figure out a way to solve this. Like, this is becoming so well, ridiculous.
2: I, I, look, I want people to hold to their contract. There's ways to buy out of it, okay? Yeah. There's, there's lots of contracts around, okay? I, I just want, just pay the damn fee to get out. All right? Yes. It's not that damn much money. Pay the fee to get out.
1: Like call Don't up one of your boosters. USA on it. Yeah, call yeah. up call up somebody that you know that got a bunch of money. Because I'm pass, telling
2: you, pass the plate. Yeah, pass the plate, and let's get out of this deal.
1: Yeah, get this thing done because your TV contract so with Sunbelt is going to be worth a lot more.
2: Yeah, that's my thought with with that one. But I, but, but if I'm a conference USA or if I'm the Sunbelt, why would I uh put this in the schedule? Oh, yeah, no, 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 definitely, I'm putting them in the schedule because they belong to us. Because if you don't, you've admitted defeat. That's a good point.
1: I had not looked at it that way. So that's uh, that's interesting. That is interesting. You got any other topics that you want to hit today? No, that's it, brother. All right. Well, let's go on and get out of here. I'm going to let you go and I'll wrap this thing up. See ya. All right, be good, buddy. All right, so that was Chris. Another fantastic day. Another fantastic show. Um, Yeah, I am excited about the coming weeks, we're going to have some fun shows coming up uh, over the next two weeks. Uh, Chris and I both, I believe, will be in Disney at the same time, but, uh, but we will still have shows. So make sure that you tune in. We'll be talking a lot of college football over the next couple of weeks. Spring practice is ready to roll. Clemson, is, uh, is they got maybe a quarterback battle going on. All kinds of different things that we will be discussing as we move forward. So with that said, go check out the website, winningcureseverything.com. And make sure, if you would so kindly, that you are subscribed on podcast and on YouTube. With that said, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything.
0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96%